2: like you've never heard it before, The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on
3: cliffcentral.com I'm Gary Hertzberg and this is The Laws of
1: Life on cliffcentral.com Alongside me today, Lionel Makokutlela. Welcome, Lionel. Thank you, Gary, and thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. And um, Everything is sort of like falling apart, Gary. I don't know if you've seen this. Our president was booed. Uh, people are being bumped off. People are not paying school fees. What's going on?
3: Yeah, we'll hear all, all about that lines. Uh, assisting us today is Benji Scheinberg and on Controls Palesa. Thank you to them. Mm. On today's show, first up, can a public school attach your lounge suite, your microwave, your headboards, your printer and fridge, or your house for that matter for unpaid school fees? We're going to be chatting to Tim Gordon, who's present in Cape Town, about this shortly.
1: But can I, sorry, can I chip in here? Why can they not?
3: Well, Lines, we're uh, going to delve into that. It's okay. a very good question. Yeah. Uh, there's two sides to it. Schools have got to keep Maintain. going. Yeah. yeah. And people have got to afford to go to schools. Mm. Next up after that, uh, can you be bumped off an overbooked flight in South Africa, like the incident in the U.S. when a man was uh, taken off forcefully Ooh. off a United Airlines uh, aircraft Uh, this, the law in South Africa is extremely interesting and I'm sure you'll enjoy that one as well. Oh, yeah. Later on in our show, we talk about the thousands of illegal church structures that are spreading up or springing up all over the place. And uh, residents of Bellevue, Yeovil, those areas, whatever, um, in Johannesburg, Hillbrow, Berea have had enough of the constant noise and music, singing and banging. So uh, stay online for this one as we have a reverent and uh, residence in studio to describe exactly what's going on. Wow. Yeah, our email address, if you want to get through to us, it's law, L-A-W at cliffcentral.com. Our Facebook page, The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg. And Lange, you want to give out the Twitter handle? It's
1: at Hertz Law, uh, which is H-E-R-Z, I mean T-Z-L-A-W. H-E-R-T-Z-L-A-W yeah. We have a new
3: website Which I'm sure you've seen Or will see now It's a stunner Love it Oh perfect
1: yeah. It's beautiful guys yeah. And just go on to the uh, website Which is www.cliffcentral.com yeah. And you give us your comments If you really think That there's anything That we should be talking about That you're interested in Drop us an email or something
3: There's a mad Liverpool supporter Loves Liverpool But he's great at what he does Greg Cohen was instrumental in getting this website up for us. Well done, Greg. A great one.
1: Greggy, thank you.
3: Good. Let's uh, talk about a, a very disturbing piece of news that made headlines a few weeks ago under the heading, a family in Gauteng have had their lounge suite, their microwave, their bed headboards, a printer and fridge, amongst other things, attached by the sheriff of the court because a father has not paid his daughter's school fees. Hmm. Yeah, the father is reported to have said that his business has faced challenges, and uh, hence his reason for non-payment. The impact on the school child to to have the sheriff attach their furniture and stuff because her dad can't pay his school fees is, is distressing to say the least. Lines, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first question to be asked is. Is there an obligation on fees paying public schools to collect the overdues and sue for it? Or do they just sit back and let people get away with it? We need to talk to someone who knows all about this. We have on the line from Cape Town, Tim Gordon. He's the national CEO of the Governing Body Foundation. Welcome to you, Tim. Thank you. Good to be with you. Thanks for inviting me on. Excellent. So the first question, Tim, is we've got a whole lot of questions we're going to fire at you. Is there an obligation on the school to sue?
0: It certainly is an obligation on the school to collect as many fees as possible. It's their decision whether they eventually go the direction of suing or doing some other way in which to collect them. But the law certainly makes provision for the fact that they can sue. Parents who are paying would like to see others sued if they don't pay, not if they can't pay. And I think we must distinguish between those quite carefully. But in the end, remember that you are going through the courts, and it is the court that takes the final decision, not the school, as to what is attached, when, how, and why.
3: Okay, before we get into all that, um, just uh, briefly explain uh, what the uh, Governing Body Foundation is, so that we know who we're talking to.
0: The Governing Body Foundation is a voluntary organization which serves approximately 700 schools across the country. The vast majority of them are public schools, many of them the X Model Cs and the fee-paying uh, schools, but many of them also township schools. Uh, schools that are interested sign up, join up. They have a 24-7 call-in service where they can ask the questions on matters that are bothering them. We give a weekly newsletter on advice to schools and we intervene with government and education departments on matters which are of interest to
3: the schools. Okay, so let's talk about the instance that I mentioned up front. Um, Gauteng's father had his assets attached and uh, the sheriff was going to sell him up. I think that's been stopped. The question is, we all know about an exemption which you entitled as a parent to apply for. We talk about public schools here. How does this exemption work? And. Sorry, it's a two-part question. Can the exemption be applied for during the year, or is it got to be done at the beginning of the year?
0: Right, fairly straightforward. The whole agreement when they wrote the South African Schools Act after considerable negotiation in 1996 allowed certain schools, and it's only approximately 40% of the schools in South Africa, to charge school fees if they wished to. mm mm-hmm. The decision to charge fees must be confirmed by the parents at a public meeting of parents at the school. Once the parents have decided that they do want school fees charged, then it is an obligation on anybody who has got a child in the school to pay unless, now we get to what you are asking, they can prove that they qualify for an exemption. That exemption can either be A total exemption, 100% off the school fee, or it can be anything down to 98% uh, payment of the school fee. But it is governed by very, very carefully worded and calculated formulae, which the state lays down. And the school has got no uh, option there as to whether they want to apply it or don't want to apply it, or how they're going to apply it. They have to apply it according to the legislation. And it's really, it's the same as income tax. If you earn enough, you have to pay income tax. And with school fees, if the family earns enough, they've got to pay school fees if they have opted to put their child at a fee-paying school. Mm. However, if they don't earn enough, then there is a state formula which says how much they can get off.
3: Tim, what happens if during the year the father and mother, for that matter, fall on hard times and they can no longer afford the school fees? Can they apply then?
0: They can apply at any stage. At any time. Mm. Uh, The obvious expectation is that under normal circumstances they apply at the beginning of the year. That is the the obvious one for those who generally are not earning enough to pay.
3: But there
0: is no prevention of anybody if they fall on hard times of applying at any stage and from the day that they qualified they are entitled to the fee exemption as calculated according to that formula so yes they can come at any stage of the year and say we've now fallen on hard times we used to be able to afford it we can't afford it anymore here's our exemption form and is it kind
3: of an automatic thing, or do, can the school say, well, listen, if you can't afford our fees any longer, please go to a non-fees-paying school?
0: No, no, no. It is yeah. absolutely automatic. If they qualify, the school has got no option but to grant it. The there real are, difficulty, yeah. in the, and it, it would have happened in this case, uh, is where parents either refuse to apply, and I can never quite understand why they do, but some parents refuse to apply, or else they apply but they don't fall within the category of exemptions. And it is only after that has happened and after the school has told them, look, we are going to have to take this one further in law. You've got three months to get things right. Only after those two things have happened can the school go to a court and ask for whatever it may be, whether it's the attachment or some other means in which the payment is Enforced, But it can only be enforced against somebody where the school can prove that that person has sufficient income to be able to afford the fees.
3: If there is an exemption granted, does the state weigh in what's been exempted?
0: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And um, the state in certain provinces pays a tiny little amount. In most provinces, it pays nothing at all. So, yes, that is a cost to the school if they grant that as I have said two or three times already, they have got no option. They have got to apply that regulation as it exists.
3: Does exemption mean that the fees are written off or does it mean that the fees still remain
0: payable? No, it means that as soon as an exemption is granted, that fee is then written off. Mm-hmm. And it lasts for the rest of the year or until the circumstances change.
3: If, a child has, if the parents of a child have not paid the school fees Can that child? Can can the school withhold his report? Can there be any kind of victimisation? Can he be withheld from a from a club from from the school sports in any way? Does this child does this impact on the child?
0: Absolutely clear regulations on that regard. You cannot punish the child for something that their parents have done wrong. So no, the report must be given. The child must be included in what the law calls the entire school program, which includes the extramurals and all those sort of things. Uh, the child cannot be victimized in any way. Tell the me, are there any f- argument is then between the school and the parent. Mm-hmm. The child stays there and continues to get his or her education.
3: Are there any figures, stats around showing what percentage of parents cannot pay their school fees right now,
0: public well, school fees? Yeah. very, very much from school to school. If you were to take a school which is in a very high-income area and most of the kids are coming from... The surroundings, there would be few. And I would say that our figures suggest that in some of those schools, the the most fortunate schools of all, about 96% are required to pay school fees and only about 4% not. But you get down to a stage where as few as 15 or 20% are paying. That obviously then becomes extremely difficult for the school and clearly, to an extent, services are going to suffer. The children personally may not be discriminated against or victimized in any way.
3: Surely, Tim, if an exemption is kind of a matter of course, there would be, there should be no need for someone to have the sheriff attach his assets and and have them sold up in execution. It doesn't... Well,
0: they certainly wouldn't if they qualify.
3: Mm.
0: But as I said, either this father did not apply to have exemption rules worked out in his particular basis, or else he did apply and he didn't meet
3: the requirement. There's a section of the Magistrates Court Act, uh, called, I think it's section 67, and its brother in the High Court is called S- section 59, which provides, I don't know whether you know the section or fan, it's not the Schools Act, it's the, the Magistrates Court and High Court Act, and it talks about what property is protected from seizure.
0: But right. well, in in yeah. the Schools Act, the property that is protected is literally the property. A dwelling may not be um, taken by the courts. Yeah, so that's but the only to, that's the
3: only protection. You can't take you can't take a parent's house, but yeah. you can take his furniture.
0: You could take his furniture. Yeah. Um, yeah, and where that is happening, it's clearly where somebody is saying, "I can't afford the school fees, but I can afford DSTV, and I can afford a very fancy." entertainment center or music center or something like that. But the school doesn't decide that, the court decides that.
3: If I may uh, just bring to the attention of our listeners section, the, the sections I mentioned, it provides that the, that the sheriff may not attach necessary beds, bedding and wearing apparels of a debtor or his family the sheriff may also not attach, and this is—you've uh, got to listen to the end of this one until you make a decision. The necessary furniture and the household utensils, in so far as they do not exceed the amount of two thousand rand. In other words, if you arrive at a shack and a person's got assets of less than two thousand, you can't attach it. But if the sheriff arrives at a home and there are assets in there worth more than two thousand then the sheriff can take it. So the sheriff can basically take your fridge, he can take your lounge suite, your dining room table, he can basically take the lot except your bed and your wearing apparel. Yeah. Um the sheriff as far as far as your stock and your tools of trade and things like that, probably your computer, if you work from a computer, if it also exceeds the sum of two thousand the sheriff can take it, otherwise not. So basically, uh, the Sheriff cannot take your your food and drink out of your house, but he can empty out your fridge in the process of removing it, take all your um, frozen food lines, and he can st- he 's got nowhere to put it because he 's removed everything and mm. put it on the floor
1: it 's a very quite interesting yeah. one
3: so i mean these these provisions are quite tough, and uh, if you don 't make arrangements with your creditors, generally, you can have your assets attached and removed by the Sheriff.
1: And I think this is, speaks to the proactiveness of customers in general Because if you don't yeah. uh, go under debt counselling For example, if you face uh, financial uh, challenges Then it really places another burden on you To really make it upon that you become proactive enough To ensure that your creditors are actually informed of your new status uh, In terms of your financial obligations are concerned Because the moment you leave it until the end You now have to deal with the mighty law And that is not going to be a very fun uh, game to be in Tim, but
3: before t- we let you go, is there anything you'd like to add, we're very appreciative of what you've told us. Yes, I think
0: that yeah. that is a pretty important point that you have just been discussing at the end here. You see, no school is going to say we want to attach the food and the bedding and that sort of thing. They will just say to the courts, This person entered into an agreement to pay fees. This person has not applied for exemption or, in the terms that your guest, that the guest they was using, has not informed us of the inability to pay, and therefore we need to collect the fees. Now the court will say, well, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do that. But here is surplus stuff. But that's not the school's decision. The school, all the school is doing is saying this person has not informed us of the problems in a way that fits in with the law, and therefore law is help us to get this person to pay or to attach something which can be sold. So the school is not making that decision. And I think that that is very important that all of this is being done through the courts and it is only done with somebody who the school is able to show does not qualify for exemption. And the exemptions are pretty um, generous.
3: Yeah, Tim, if I may point out as a lawyer that the creditor has always got the final say as to whether goods should be attached and removed or not so i i can say to the sheriff please i'm not going the that route i don't want his assets attached i don't want to remove his fridge and his tv out of his house cuz it it will really hurt the kids i would rather try and get a, a monthly court order or something from the man so that decision to attach and remove uh, that was done by the very school that's that we're talking about i haven't mentioned their name but it's all over the place uh, they could have prevented it but uh, as you say, I mean, if you want to just leave it in the hands of the law, this is what will happen and people have got to be very careful. Yeah. And
0: absolutely, the the person who owes the money must bring those circumstances to the attention of the school. I the think, school is not going to chase things yeah. where it is not in anybody's interest to do so. I think the, father, the father was guilty. With, and, and our experience with schools, mm. it, it is an absolute last resort and it is mm. usually absolutely. only yeah. used where the people have been deliberately obstructive and refusing to pay when they can afford to.
3: I think the father was a naughty boy here. He did something wrong. If he, if he didn't pass what we call the means test, he would have had to take his child somewhere else mm. and not have his furniture and stuff attached. Disgraceful. Pay, because yeah, the fact that he pay. didn't
0: pass yeah. the means test meant that he had a fair amount of money. Yeah, mm. and, and if he had fallen on hard times, as he has indicated, the business was no longer making money, He could easily prove that, then he would qualify for exemption. Absolutely.
3: I think the bottom line is if you're falling on hard times, please make sure that you apply to the parent body or whatever it is for some kind of exemption. But don't allow yourself to go through the court system. Uh, Aside from what's happening to his his furniture and effects, he's going to land up possibly paying interest from the date of issue of summons at nine percent he's got to pay a whole bunch of legal fees it's it's shocking this one so don't let it happen to you that's the that's the issue
0: that that is certainly our message as well don't let it happen because there is more than enough protection for you in law Mm. if you really are prepared to play the game with the school
3: a great discussion to you many thanks tim gordon national ceo of the governing body foundation in cape town many thanks speak to you again
0: Thank you. Pleasure to have been with you.
1: Thanks Thank for the you invitation. Sir. Lines, uh, yeah, I mean, you have your own field on this one. No, I certainly do. And I think now it's bringing another layer because, uh, with Nefsys, they've actually given people money to go and study. Now that they have studied, they have got jobs, they don't want to pay back and other people actually cannot have the, uh, the, the opportunity to go and study adversity as a result because they don't have money so it just shows the mismanagement but also from our own point of view as customers we need to be responsible and make it a point that whatever decision we make does not necessarily affect us only it affects the whole fiber of society. So at the end of the day, people must pay what is actually due to their creditors. In this case, school needs money to really make it upon that they educate the children. If they don't have the money, who's actually going to fund them? Because the government is not doing it. Yeah, Absolutely. Good yeah. point made,
3: Lines. Let's move on to our next story. Uh, qu- question is, can you be bumped off in, off a flight in South Africa if it's overbooked? And I think we all remember the yes. scene that went viral, right, Lines, about oh, two, yes. three weeks ago. Uh, of a man who was doctor. forcefully, yeah, he was a doctor. Mm-hmm. He was forcefully pulled out of his seat. He was dragged down the aisle and he was screaming hysterically, he landed up bleeding from the mouth. I think there's a massive claim for damages there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, uh, I mean, we know that airlines are actually selling these tickets. They're sending more tickets than the plane can, can seat. So, uh, they know that they count on the fact that several people won't arrive. I mean, they've done their, their homework on these things, but often it doesn't work that way. So, uh, I was in the USA and about two, three years ago, I did a very, I did an interview, which is very, very interesting. And then I had a chat to an attorney who was with Worksmans at the time. I'm not sure if she's still there. Her name is Inna Mehring. I'm going to replay that for you now. And uh, take a listen, and we'll come back and t- t- uh, have a chat about it. Yeah, I was travelling from a place called Asheville, North Carolina, to Atlanta, and then on to South Africa. Shocking flight that. Well, yeah, the last one is. <laughs> and um, what happened was, I got to the, uh, the where you check in kind yes. of thing, and uh, they were. I think this flight was terribly overbooked. Yes, I'm going to play you a voice, uh, a clip of of someone I interviewed and what actually happened and it will all makes sense and when we come back we'll chat about it again. I'm at the, I'm at the Asheville airport and uh, I'm on a flight from Asheville which is in North Carolina to Atlanta, Georgia. The flight has been overbooked so they've been announcing for volunteers to come forward and cash in their ticket to actually give up their seat and for which they will be paid $400. There's a, there's a guy here that's, that's actually agreed to do that. Hi,
4: you you booked on a flight from Asheville to... I am, I'm on a flight from Asheville to Atlanta and then Mm -hmm. onwards to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
3: Okay, so you've agreed to
4: step off this flight and uh, they've given you what? Correct, They've I've volunteered to get off the flight and um, I've they've agreed to give me $400 uh, Delta dollars, yeah. uh, we're on Delta Airlines, yeah. and so I'll be able to use those $400 towards a future flight um, as a discount.
3: Now, $400 is quite
4: a lot. I mean, you could fly from Asheville to Philadelphia on less than 400 if you booked in advance. Sure, or? so, um, and in this case, uh, I only get in four hours later, so it's $100 an hour for my oh, flight. You
3: you're actually stepping down and you're taking a later flight. Correct. It's not like you're going out to the airport and coming back tomorrow or the next no, day. Now I just
4: have to get some work okay, done here at the airport. Like,
3: and I see there's a second volunteer. Everyone applauds.
4: What happens if... Uh, if no one volunteers to do it, well, then it becomes an involuntary um, bump off, and they will find someone who's not paid much for their tickets they will, they will involuntarily bump them off that passenger will get some type of reimbursement, but then it's, then it 's um, governed by um, the, the u s uh, FAA guidelines on how much they get, as opposed to kind of a customer service initiative. Okay, to so, they,
3: avoid that. so they, they actually forcefully bump someone off. It so, could be you if you are on Oh really? Um, wow, so it's very nice of you, that's why people are applauding <laughs> you for having done that.
4: I guess so, correct,
3: yes. Okay, so your ticket now, well you're getting 400 off, which is great value for right. you. And you're sticking around the airport for a f- few hours, so you're going to have, uh, I guess some, you'll have some lunch. They're going to buy so you, me some lunch, too. They, oh, they, they give you so, lunch yeah, as well? So
4: I'm going to get some lunch. And, That's
3: terrific. Uh, I'm yeah. actually fascinated. When you say that they, they forcefully bump people off, uh, who, who, who gets bumped off first? I'm on an international flight, so I'm flying from here to Atlanta and then on to South Africa. What happens if they bump me or if they force me Yeah, to they bump- would,
4: they would pick people where, um, they wouldn't typically take anyone. You've got a son with you. They wouldn't yeah. take you. Um, they would typically find someone who's, I don't know the exact rules. It then, it then becomes a, a, a much more severe and, and less, uh, uh, optimistic, uh, Where can uh, I find
3: they, these rules? i would be they, fast.
4: they should be there, uh, if you were just to use the Google later on.
3: Okay, Kate. That was the Voxbox, as we call it. Yes, and the Googleator. So yeah, the Googolator. Googolator,
2: What did the Googleator turn out? Okay, up?
3: I don't know. The Americans have got the strangest terms for things. We say we <laughs> Google it; they come with that Googleator. Probably next year's dictionary, you'll find that word is going to be. Oh, please, God, no. Googleator. <laughs> okay, so I went and I looked up the Delta Air Overbooking rules. I mean, this sounded crazy to me. Can they bump? Who can they bump off if you don't volunteer? Yes. I was on a flight to South Africa. I was really worried that if no one volunteered, they could bump me off, and then I'd miss my connection and get stranded somewhere in America, wherever. Yeah. Anyway, the Delta Air overbooking rules, there's something here. They say they're looking for people to volunteer, yes. obviously, and I think some people do this for a living, but we'll come to that. I've got another so clip. So they incentivize yeah. it. Yeah, so they, that's why they were applauding because when people come forward and volunteer to step down… Yes. It 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 relieves the others of of the uncertainty of yes, knowing so that they so it's not may, everybody
0: yeah. sitting there clutching their handbags, trying not to make eye contact. Exactly.
3: <laughs> okay. So they say if they this is the Delta Air booking rules. If there aren't enough volunteers, we have to rebook one or more customers on another flight involuntarily. Yes. Okay. So they just pull you off. I guess they're not going to look for someone with children or someone probably with an with an overseas connection. Yes. But uh, if you if you denied boarding involuntarily, they'll book you on the on the next on the first available Delta flight.
1: Well, but I mean,
3: when when is that? Who knows? Because when the first one's overbooked, generally the next one is, and so on and, and so forth. And there's a forth. kind of ripple effect. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think they they do they give you an amount of cash compensation, which uh, is falls under the guidelines of the U.S. Department of Transportation. I don't quite know what it is. So that is why the applause for the two people that volunteered to step down was so... Heartfelt. Yeah, (laughs) fantastic. There was a young student that was also sitting there. I, I, um, I had a quick discussion with her. Let me play that clip and we'll talk about it. Okay, so I'm talking to another student at the Asheville Airport. What is your name?
4: Madison Lehman.
3: Okay, so Madison, what do you think of this arrangement where they offer you $400 to give up your seat? I, I believe there are a lot of people that make this their business. They actually try and get the flights that are generally overbooked. Do you know any kids that do that, of your age group? I mean, do people do that as a Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, people do that. There are websites that will help you do that exclusively. Yeah. Um, I'm returning on my flight, my returning flight. I have a buddy pass, you know, so I voluntarily am flying standby. I think the difference is when you know then you might not get on that flight, and when you're just kicked off that flight. It's kind of what it comes down to for me. Cool. Thanks for this, and good luck. Where are you off to? Uh, Atlanta, and then France, and then Turkey. What do you guys do? Um, In Turkey, we'll be in Istanbul, Antalya, Alanya, uh, looking at architectural
0: sites, historical sites. Okay,
3: have fun. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Excellent. That was a Madison. Yeah, her name yes. was Madison. She was part of this group, lovely group. There Must have been twenty, twenty-five of them, traveling ultimately to reach Turkey. Uh, Kate, there is a there's a website, and someone very bright has come up with this idea. Yes. What they say is, hold on a second. If you've been bumped off a of flight and you're not being properly compensated, we will take this up for you. We charge you twenty-five percent of what we recover. From the not airline, really. yeah. It's called Air Help. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of people don't really know what they're in for. You yeah. know, that they're, they're told, especially the elderly or people that are not that uh, affair with things, they get uh, dumped at the airport or they're told to catch a later flight. Uh, we have now on the phone, Inna Mayring. Of Inna, is that you? Yes. Hello. Hello, Inna. Thanks for joining us. Let me introduce you, Dr. Inna Mayring. You're a Director of Worksman's Advisory. Uh, you're a specialist in consumer protection with specific reference to regulations relating to the Consumer Protection Act. You have extensive experience in banking law, and prior to joining worksmen's attorneys, you held the position of group legal counsel at APSA. That's a hell of a position. Um, in a please talk to us. In South Africa, you've heard the, the vox pox, as we call it, of the passengers in the USA and how bumping uh, off happens in the USA. Let's talk about here at home. Are the airlines still overbooking flights, first question? If so, are they not falling foul of the Consumer Protection Act? And, uh, in fact, under the Act, are airlines entitled to overbook their flights? And I'm sorry, one more i just got to throw in. Are they not essentially selling something that does not exist? Well,
2: overselling and
3: overbooking is specifically prohibited under the Consumer
2: Protection Act. And um, they should not be doing this if they are if they've done something like this the uh, the consumer is entitled to a refund of the amount plus interest and to, they must comp- compensate the consumer for costs directly incidental to the breach of contract so the under the consumer protection act it's actually regarded as a breach of contract it's so serious
3: now what about damages i mean i've, I've been bumped off the flight I have a wedding to go to. Uh, Can I claim damages against the airline if this happens? Well, you, you see, it's it's
2: uh, it's worded rather uh, difficult. The uh, words they read uh, compensate the uh, consumer for costs directly incidental to the supplier's breach of contract. So, costs that you incurred, which are directly which directly flows from the fact that you were uh, bumped off the flight. Can in fact be claimed from the uh, fl- uh, uh, from the
3: from the airline. Have we lost you, know Yes. Oh, no, okay, we've back got on you on the back. Nine. Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, you know, were you in the middle of something or? No, I I don't know where you lost me. Uh, I don't. We lost you. The translation has been said again. <laughs> so, you know, we were talking about the South African law regarding people that are bumped off. Flights because of um, overbooking, overbooking. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, as I've explained uh, under Section uh, uh, 47 of the CPA, that is absolutely prohibited. Yeah. Um, uh, airlines are not allowed to do that, and I would encourage consumers to complain to the National Consumer Commissioner and uh, ask the Commissioner to in- intermediate to intermediate on their behalf and uh, claim any compensation that they are entitled to under Section 47.
3: If I have a valid ticket and I'm standing at the ticket counter, can I insist on getting on the plane? I don't want to be bumped off. Can I insist on it? Well,
2: you see, this is the problem.
3: If, if, uh, if they've
2: double double booked and the other passenger is already there, um, they have a problem where do they put you now. Yeah. I've, I have heard that sometimes if they've double booked, then they will allow you to sit in business class or in first class. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's a benefit, yeah. uh, and it that, is. That in fact, might almost seem worth it then, if you if you did get bumped, not off the flight, but but upper class. Then yes. then I don't think we'd have so many complaints. Yeah. no, absolutely, and it is a defence if they are able to offer you uh, a comparable service. Mm-hmm. So. For example, you bumped off uh, and they say, listen, we can help you with another flight um, half an hour later. And if you accept that, then that's okay. Then you can't claim uh, for costs incidental because they'll use that as a defense to say, but you you accepted that which they offered you uh, instead of the first flight. And they've mitigated your loss? Yeah. Okay. Yes.
3: Good. Ina, Dr. Inna Mayring. I'd like to thank you very, very much for this quick uh, interview with you. We appreciate it, and I hope to call on you again. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Thank nice
2: you. talking nice. to you. Bye.
3: Yeah. Okay, we're back live right now. I'm not sure if Inna Mayring is still with Worksmans. I, I did have a look, and she doesn't appear to be, so if, forgive me Worksmans and forgive me Ina if she's no longer there.
0: Cliffcentral.com.